What's better than this? Guys being dudes. This podcast contains language and themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. Hello and welcome to the Tree Busted Barstools podcast. You are joined by myself, the Sasquatch. You are joined by the last bastion of research, Dr. Rosenthal J. Wiggum. And you are joined by the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It's the coach. How are we lads? Are we all good? We're still here. We're still ticking away. We are f- we're still here, fine and dandy, yeah, for a Sunday. An absolutely incredible, incredible weekend of sport. Was so, I think there was so much on. It was uh, nigh on impossible to keep up to. Loads on. Loads Lots. on. Now we'll get to all that in a few minutes, but there is a bit of housekeeping, I suppose, to, to, to get to. Um, I suppose first and foremost, Beric sadly can't be with us. Um, this week, but he is returning as of next week. He's a little voice note for you um, later on in the episode that we'll, we'll get to. Um, in addition, you may also notice that this is the second guest appearance by the coach, and we're pretty happy to announce that he will be joining us in a more permanent basis from now on. Be a bit of a rebrand, a bit of a show restructure uh, over the next couple of episodes. Any thoughts on the matter, coach? Thanks for having me. Uh- First of all, and I hope all the stoolers. Can we, do you call them stoolers? Stools? What we could call followers? them stools. We call them stoolers. I don't think we have that many that they deserve a, a name as of yet, but it's something we can look at. <laughs> Trademark, well, maybe. I hope. <laughs> yeah, look, I just hope you yes. have enough to pay the wage. That's all. <laughs> yeah, a lengthy, <laughs> a lengthy, a lengthy uh, contract negotiation. That's why Beric hasn't been here. He's been doing a bit of a Lev Bell and uh, holding out for that extra extra dough. Um, I yeah, suppose. One more thing as well, just to kind of announce it. Um, we have started an affiliate membership with USA Sports. So you'll notice a link in our bio in the Instagram. you notice a link in the podcast description, wherever you happen to find it. Um, and if you click that link, you'll be brought to the website, you'll be able to purchase whatever you want, and you'll be in a, in a position to A, support your American franchise, and B, support the podcast. So by all means, feel free to, to do that. Um, Anything else that agenda or will we kick it off? Let's kick off. Let's kick it off. Okay. So I suppose the first port of call, um, return of the National Leagues this weekend. So a bit of intercounty mm-hmm. gash and I think a lot of people were starved of all summer and happy to see it back. Um, unfortunately, Mead, um, I think they were already relegated from Division 1, but look, Something I also brought up on the Instagram story that I think some of our Dublin-based uh, hosts didn't like to mention was the score in the minor game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in which Mead were victorious first round of the minor championship over Dublin. Uh, one fifteen to 7 points, willing to be correct on that. Again, I think a lot of people pointed out that there was kind of a relatively poor performance from the goalkeeper in that as well. And he didn't let any goals or anything like that, but it is an area we need to work on. In Mead. But look, there's signs of improvement. It's slow growth. When McIntyre took over the job, it was always going to be that case. It was we'd fallen so far. It was it was sadly a, a hard ask. But I do think it's a good possibility that it'll bounce back out of Division Two next year. We also see that Jim McGuinness can't work miracles. Can't work miracles. Now, looking at the table, 
Mayo second last. I don't know if they're second last now. Um, I wouldn't say they're second last now after that win. But, God, we were second heading into the weekend. Absolutely annihilated them. I think the final score was, what, Galway 17 points, Mayo 323. I mean, it's it's phenomenal scoring by Mayo. The huge score, yeah. And I suppose other scores around the so ground. I think, they're, I, I think there's six points difference or goal difference, points difference. Could be now. I've just thrown up a table in front of us, but that table was, was live as of last night Um, has been updated with today's kind of results. Donegal obviously also bet Tyrone. 217 to 213. In addition, uh, I think the first game back. Anna Brogan made a point on Friday evening um, about how, do you, how it should run, similar to the NBA, and teams have to stay in hotel bubbles and stuff like this. But look, we're looking at amateurs. We're looking at people it who, you know, they have to work nine to five, the majority of them. Some may be working from home or whatever, it might be a little bit easier for them, but it, it's, you know, it's not feasible for for your your lower county, your Leitrims, your Louds, your stuff like that. So, I don't know, what happens there? Do you, do you leave the, the cream of the crop and the top four or five or six teams stay in hotels because they're probably making enough money off sponsorship to, to do that? And I, 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 Look, as you know from last week, I, I don't see how the championship is going to go ahead, particularly with the, the northern counties and stuff like that. I'm, I'm dubious about it. I, I, I'm not sure that we'll see the end of it. Speaking of Leitrim, interesting enough turn of events over the weekend. Leitrim were due to play down Division 3. Leitrim had to concede a walkover. A number of their players were awaiting results from COVID testing and hadn't got them. Mm-hmm. Prior to when they were scheduled to, to leave for down, obviously, a bit of a commute. So they had to concede a walkover. It's not something, I suppose, in normal times you'd ever accept a walkover in, in league football. A deciding factor as well. Like I mean, like you see in the NFL, the players are tested on a Monday, they're tested on a Wednesday, and they're tested yeah. on a Friday. They get the results from the Friday one on a Sunday morning. Now, I know there's obviously scope for them to get infected on a Saturday, but I don't know if the GA, especially in the county squads, will have the facility to get their results prior to game time. So we could have a case like what happened to Leitrim, happen to one of your bigger counties, and that would potentially be huge. And we also don't know how many players are getting tested, how many are close contacts. Like, Do the GA currently have a rule? I'm unaware if they do, of... You know, a game can go ahead if X amount of players are out due to close contact or due to awaiting results or whatever. Mm. Like, you know, in the Premier League, we've had teams, uh, West Ham had three players out with COVID um, recently and the games that they were in went ahead even without their manager and the players. So I don't think we've had it in black and white from the GA to say, you know. And, and up until 15 to minutes ahead. to go in that last in that West Ham game, you would have said they're far better off without him. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, look, yeah. It's, it's tricky time. I just don't see how it's feasible to keep going and pushing games. Like, is every team that's going to wait the results give give a walkover? I don't think so. If, if Dublin get three or four cases, do you think they're going to give another team a walkover? It's not going to happen. So The argument there is that Dublin have that big of a pull. Well, yeah. That but, oh, yeah. three or four players can be replaced. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying yeah. that that means Dublin are going to win that game and it might have a, a massive knock-on effect. Like, say, if it was Kieran Kilkenny, um, do you know what any of the players of that ilk... It is going to affect them in some of the tighter games, but... We've also seen it with Galway. I think in the League of Ireland, Galway United had a game pushed back and one or two other teams had games pushed back because of close contacts and waiting on the results and, and whatever. There wasn't walkovers given, but, you know, if Leitrim are given a walkover already, so the GA have now stamped down their market, that's what's going to happen. So that's a very, very dangerous thing to do. Absolutely. And then I suppose, like, we had touched on it last week, the introduction of the penalty. Uh, yeah. The penalty show. 
like the GA really they're hoping to have the Horn Island final played on the 13th of December and the football mm-hmm. played the week later on the 19th I don't think they've allowed any window for a postponement a cancellation a, a, like a I think it's a, a bit short sighted potentially so the headline of the weekend then I suppose is just Dublin win <laughs> as much as it pains me to say it Dublin win the win, but they lose the minors as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of your yellow-bellied cousins, big win against Limerick, one thirteen to one ten. Mm-hmm. All the way yeah, down. Yeah, it's a big win from particularly after losing Paul Galvin recently as well. After he's yeah. um, after a short a short stint as manager, but um, and then I know in the Wexford in the Hurland squad there's a bit of a, their own pandemic with, with, with coaching staff and players going down with COVID as well. So we'll see how that develops six, over the next few days. Up to, up to six, I think, was lobbied around. I don't know how true that is. I just read the headlines. While, while Davy Fitz decided to join Instagram in the middle of it, I see. So. <laughs> to be fair, did you follow him? Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, I followed him. Absolutely. Love me, love me a bit of Davy Fitz. And else to touch on, Doctor? Uh, who doesn't? No, just me, I suppose, a, a Dublin <clears throat> uh, point of view. Congratulations on the win. Uh, last night, Stephen Cluxton became Dublin's all-time appearance maker, and Dean Rock became Dublin's all-time top scorer. So, congratulations to both. I think there's a bit of it's a fifty-fifty toss on people's likeness or di- dislikeness of the New Jersey, but um, I like it. Just can't throw yeah. that out there. I just think it's very similar. Shorts, it's very similar to one. I think maybe the ladies' Camogie team had a few years ago. Could be wrong on that. Could be corrected. I yeah, personally don't like it. I, and I, also, also, just to sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to cut across you, but just to finish ahead. up on that point. So, the scenario is <clears throat> if Dunny Gall beat Kerry and Dublin beat Galway, Dublin will be national league champions. Okay, there's going to be no league final That's here. That's the permutation. Uh, no, it's just basically whoever's top. Like a, like a, like a Premier League, basically, obviously. And then I suppose obviously as well the Premier League. Another source of joy, I suppose, for Dublin fans. Under twenties were victorious, one fourteen to one twelve over Tyrone, under twenty semi final. Tyrone, yeah. And they now move on to play Galway in the final, who beat Kerry one fifteen to one ten. Didn't go well for the minors, but I think everyone else <laughs> did well in the Dublin setup. Um <laughs> as as would be the norm. Anything else to add, gentlemen, or should we move on to the next topic at hand, given how much we have to get through? Let's move. We've got a good yeah, we yeah. tight schedule. On, yeah. Tight schedule. Tonight. Here tight we schedule. go, gents. My uh, One of my favourite topics to cover on a weekly basis. It's the <clears> NFL. The doctor's getting better. We're down the barracks opinion on the NFL. It's actually a bad week for him to be missing because I think the Falcons are currently up 17-0. But given their history, who knows what way that'll finish. Yeah, some interesting things happening around the league this week. Some interesting matchups. So there's one I really wanted to touch on is the meeting tonight of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Believe it or not, it's only their third time meeting um in in their prospective careers. Kind of a little bit the of last. Possibly the last they're both now possibly in the, the NFC, last. so it might be a bit more common. Previously obviously Brady was in the AFC so Two separate divisions. Did a bit of research, a bit of digging around. So both of them obviously are, are both North California men. Both grew up massive 49ers and as a result Joe Montana fans. They actually don't they didn't they weren't born and raised too far away from each other. Per season 
Tom Brady has thrown on average 4,138 yards versus 4,085 yards for Aaron Rodgers. In terms of TDs per season, Big Tom is 30 on average, whereas Aaron is 31.5. In terms of interceptions, Tom Brady is 9.9 per season versus the 7 for Aaron Rodgers. In terms of completion percentage, I'm getting very nerdy now, lads, so he can switch off if he's one. Um, Tom is at 63.8% versus Aaron Rodgers, 64.6%. And finally, and this is the key statistic for me, I've had countless arguments with people saying that. There's probably less of an argument now, but that Aaron Rodgers was a better quarterback. you got to look to the organization. So in terms of sacks given up on average, Tom has suffered 27.7 sacks a season versus 37.9 sacks per season for Aaron Rodgers. That's telling me Rodgers is the stronger player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what I probably found the stats that suited my argument, I think, as well. Obviously, Brady came into the league in 2000, started in 2001 when Drew Bledsoe went down injured. Aaron Rodgers had a bit of a difficult entry to the league, was touted as the number one draft pick between himself and Alex Smith. And Rodgers fell in the draft. Personality issues were, were, were slated, apparently. Coaches didn't like his confidence. Eventually picked up at Green Bay, and he sat for three years behind the legend that is Brett Favre, um, making his start in 2008. Going on to win the Super Bowl in, I think it was 2009? So maybe 2010 season, maybe. So 20 years in the league for Brady, 12, in the year for Aaron Ro- 12 years in the league for Aaron Rodgers. So it's going to be an interesting match. It's matchup. mad, isn't it? 24 years of age. Mm. So... We're looking at Rogers be twenty four years of age going into the NFL. That's just done. Wow. He had an interesting path as well. Wasn't offered a division a division one scholarship. Wasn't offered any scholarships for college. Went to a a JUCO. So fans of uh, last, last chance, chance you would be familiar. Eventually, then after a season, went to Cal Cal University, and from there he was he kind of played lights out and was drafted. That's why he was a bit older. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's it's also one one. So I think this could be the deciding as to who is the number one quarterback between the two of them. Irish viewers will be a bit lucky as well. Um, their Chiefs game with the Bills is slated for ten o'clock Irish time tomorrow. So usually you can't really see the Monday night game, so you might get a chance to to view it this Monday. Interesting times with Le'Veon Bell. So. Also did a bit of bit of research on this one. Le'Veon broke. Le'Veon not so broke. Um, <laughs> I suppose this this next piece I'm going to bring to you will highlight the importance of good management in your organization. So Le'Veon Bell was drafted obviously by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was there for five years, and they paid him over the course of five years sixteen point two million because he's on his rookie contract. So that's that's generally ex- expected in in the NFL circles, whatever. At the end of the five years, Le'Veon Bell was due to sign a new contract and he decided to hold out. Pittsburgh Steelers stood firm and he ended up holding out for the whole season. At which stage, I need to stop watching Red Zone, um, Carson Wentz is playing terrible. Uh, <laughs> at which stage he was signed by the New York Jets. I think initially it was a four-year contract worth $52 million base salary. He's lasted 17 games. Over the course of those 17 games, he's paid $28 million, which... And I've run the numbers. He had 264 carries. So it works out at $106,060. He's 
He's he's ran for 863 yards, which works out at $32,444 per yard. He scored just three touchdowns, which works out at 9 million and a lot of trees, basically, for three touchdowns for 28 million. In terms of receiving yards, he had 500. You're looking at $56,000 per yard reception. Um, and finally, the coup de grace in the whole lot of this is the Jets still owe Le'Veon Bell for this season $6 million to pay for the Chiefs. And the Chiefs will only have to pay Le'Veon Bell $679,000 for the remainder of the season. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the importance of strong leadership and management in your organisation. Can you pour a pint to Guinness? Yet, yet again, the laughing stuff. Yeah, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're going to be incredibly <laughs> happy with that. Absolutely. I mean, I suppose there's the old adage, no one has ever repeated on a Super Bowl. The Chiefs have literally lost a game <laughs> and signed potentially one of the best running backs in the league on his day. So it's huge for them. Absolutely huge for them. Brilliant bit of business. What more can you say? As a Jets fan, if you were a Jets fan, what are you thinking? We it's live in Ireland. If I decide to change teams, I don't think anyone's going to notice if I was a Jets fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've always, what do you mean? I've always been a Chiefs fan. Um, <laughs> you're lucky enough yeah. in that regard. Like if you live in the States, obviously, you're goosed. Um, one, one thing I noticed that was pretty, I don't know if you say impressive, but the Pittsburgh game against Cleveland tonight, they have 5,000 fans in the stadium. They have uh, ticketed pods and they are not allowed tailgate, so there's no fans allowed outside the ground. So 5,000 fans, I'm not sure on the capacity of your stadium. I think you're talking in around the 80,000 mark, but mm. is, there, is that what we're seeing now? Is that what we're going to see going forward? Or are we going to see a cancellation before we see anything like that of getting fans back into games? I know uh, if you compare it to the Bledsoe Cup this morning at 4 a.m., if you got up to watch it or just you watch know. the highlights like myself, <laughs> um, they had a sold out. Uh, they were sold out, so... Um, back to back weekends. Yeah, back to back again sold out. So I just thought it was interesting with Pittsburgh that that's the way they're going with things. It seems quite the five, you know, five thousand out of eighty. It seems like a good ratio. But my thoughts are, what are they charging for tickets? I believe they're starting somewhere in the region of three hundred and fifty dollars per per ticket. Would you pay it? No, I wouldn't personally. But then I don't know what the st the starting rate is for for Pittsburgh tickets. I mean, I know. NFL fans stateside, the demand is huge. I mean, my own Philadelphia Eagles, to get a season ticket, you're literally waiting on someone to die. And I, and that's no exaggeration. Yeah, no, it's similar to Anfield, I think, in terms of, yeah, yeah, trying to... If you want a season that ticket... That kind of someone, fan base, that local, they're local, they're... Yeah, someone yeah. actually has to die for you to get a season ticket if you're on the list, um, or if you even move up the list. Why is Philadelphia? Explain this to me. I've followed NFL for years now. I don't understand why the NF, or sorry, why the Philadelphian specific fan base is so strong and so, you know, they're at every game. You know, every bar is Eagles. Every, you know, everything. Everything um, in that city is Philadelphia Eagles. It's just it's and they're sold at every game. It's a representation of the city itself. It's kind of a blue collar, hard working city, and they they love their own, but they're not afraid. Like that's what they're saying. There's Philadelphia Eagles fans are back in tonight. Now it's similar enough numbers in terms of Pittsburgh as well. Obviously, they're both in the state of Pennsylvania, so I'd imagine the rules are somewhat identical. 
but that's what they're saying is like Philadelphia fans are the first fans to let their team know when they're, they're not playing up to scratch the only answer I can give you coach is it's it's a representation of the city and it's it's like it's a city similar enough to Boston do you yeah. know you know what Boston sports fans the are khakis, like yeah yeah, yeah. Do you know of course I do as a, as a massive uh, Boston Celtics fan yeah how do you feel about the Lakers equalising <sighs> um, in terms of you chips know, that's got to be rough that's got to be rough you, you've lived through Man United equalising and then going ahead and you're now facing into a season next year of the Lakers potentially going above the Celtics in terms of chips you think the Lakers go ahead do you think the Lakers will win next year they could they, they, they could. started the season quite shaky yeah, they did they, start the season. They could. But I think that's that's how LeBron always starts, doesn't he? He kind of builds up. It's it's a gradual build. It's a it's a season. bit like United years ago. I mean, Ferguson would have touched on this. He said he never really pushed much on preseason, and that's why United yeah. used to always start slow. And he said they get the fitness when during the season, uh, and when it comes to the end, they're hitting their peak. They're not getting their injuries. They're not as fatigued. And that's how he used to to build his 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 title winning sides. Basically, was it was a slow start. Let the players turn over, and uh, like there is certain sides that would do that. I think it's a lot easier when you're secure in your position, um, mm. you're not under pressure. You don't need to get the wins in early because people know what you're capable of. But just on the Lakers, an example of a top level executive in contrast to the Jets, Genie Bus is the top executive yes. of the LA Lakers, and I just read I think over the weekend, Anthony Davis has decided to opt out of free agency and re-sign with the Lakers. Yes. Yes. Too Dave. often too often we see players make emotional decisions following a loss. Like akin to Messi after the drubbing by Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. But you're actually seeing someone and clubs are kind of don't often do this. She's like kind of got him to make an emotional decision following the NBA finals. He's just won his first championship. Emotions are high. And she'd probably get him on a cut price deal because she'd say, Look, LeBron's got a year, two years left. If you take this deal, we'll stack the money more. Like let's say a four-year contract, we'll give you the bulk of your money in years three and four. We guarantee it. But that puts us under the salary cap for the next two years, and we can bring in maybe a potentially a third superstar, which is potentially what LeBron is going to need to get chips five and six. And I was just going to say, Boston have a lot. They have a lot of you know um, great young stars, but they're missing that. One piece, that superstar. Think, a little bit of experience, a superstar. Um, the thing I really like about Boston is there's no like a lot of teams in the NBA. There's a definitive starting five, second five. Yeah. In Boston, those lines get a little bit blurred. Like I know you've got you've got Jason Tatum, yeah, and you've got Kemba, but I mean Marcus Smart, yeah, could be second or first. Jalen Brown mm-hmm. at the start. Now, now he's he, he seems to have cemented the spot in the in the first five, but he could just as easily have been um, second five over the last few years. Yeah, yeah I, I I don't know where that star is going to come from though. That's the problem. They needed to kick on. Um, they've been so close for two years now, and I just don't see where where that star comes from. There doesn't seem to be anyone wanting to move. Um, the, the year think- that's been in it. I think it's, it's, I think there's a potential implosion coming in Philly, and they can make a move at either Joel Embiid or they can make a move at either Ben Simmons. One of those two is they just don't work together, so Philly probably needs to 
to move and on. And Bede's had, had a few run-ins as well with the coach, I think, hasn't he? So few. If, if he's, he's injury-prone and there's, there's speculation he's, he's quite a lazy person. Well, that tells me that he's not the right player for the Celtics. Um, I don't think the, I don't think it'd be, he'd be accepted there in, in that kind of team atmosphere that they've got. That yeah, awful I mean, one. It's a cultural thing as well. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen there was a phenomenal piece of video put up over the weekend. And it was basically an interview by Kobe. And obviously it had the works. It had the the marketing guys were brilliant in the video. Brilliant music. And it was basically LeBron coming to the, to the Lakers or whatever. And he just put up a line. He said a line. He says, we don't hang banners for Western Conference Championships. And if if, if, that, if you're that type of player, you don't belong here. And, that, and that's the same in Boston. They don't hang Eastern Conference Finals. They hang championships. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The certain certain franchises, if, like if Cleveland won the Eastern Conference in the morning, they'd hang a banner. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So like Celtics with Doc Rivers. I don't know if you've seen in his episode on the Playbook on Netflix. Currently fantastic. on Netflix, fantastic. but fantastic. And um, it's really, really good. And he, uh, you would have seen the, the spotlight he had in the in the arena for the, for the next banner. And he was uh, all focused on that banner. It does know? not go. Uh, the light does not go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Really good. It's really worth a watch to the listeners if they haven't seen it already. Twenty-five minutes of of fantastic coaching uh, knowledge and experience there. Really good. And Elsa, Jen, so we we might just take a quick word. Um, we've actually got a lot coming up in season two, but we might just take a quick break and have a word from. Hi everyone, it's the Sasquatch here from the Tree Busted Barstools podcast. This episode and all episodes in season two are produced in partnership with the Square Ball. The Square Ball is located just off Marion Square. It has dozens of screens showing televised sport and award-winning barbecue, making it the perfect spot in Dublin to catch the game. For more information or to book in, please visit the-square-ball.com. Thanks. Hello and welcome back to the Three Busted Barstools, episode two, uh, episode six, season two, Jesus, slip up there, Um, I suppose to kick the second half off, some of you may have been aware, any of you that follow us on Instagram, we have over the last couple of weeks been requesting your best fan questions um, as part of a giveaway for a £60 voucher for USA Sports. Um, So we've won final entry into the the podcast, we'll play that now and then shortly after we're going to... I'm going to do a live draw on air that you won't hear till Tuesday. Good evening, gentlemen. My question for you would be a pretty, maybe a tricky one to answer, but it's it's about it's, you could you could answer it for a long time, and I imagine you could soon have a, you'll have a good chat about it. Is the future of sport after this pandemic is worn off, and how you think sport will be different when fans return back to the clubs? Because I think if this pandemic stretches on for too long, we're already seeing it. The game is changing. There are attempts at grabbing power. I think things will be different when they come back. And how is that going to affect? 
how we remember sport being pre-pandemic. And is it going to be a good thing or a bad thing? So a fantastic question there from Tim. Um, Thanks, Tim. You only took up half the show with the question, but that's okay. <laughs> ah, look, it's a good question, and I, and I think you probably... Good, good, uh, great question. Yeah, good question. Um, I suppose great from, question, yeah. from my point of view, um, I'm sure you're all sick of listening to me at this stage, but uh, from my point of view, the hardest hit section of sport won't be the top echelons, it won't be the elite level, and it won't be the grassroots, because grassroots, let's be honest, is pretty much driven by the community and the communities in which the clubs reside. I think it's going to be that middle tier. It's going to be that semi-pro or the lower echelons of professional sports. I think like leagues one and two, you're, I don't know what it's called now, but if anyone remembers the Blue Square Premier, um, I think rugby league in, in the UK is struggling. I think championship rugby is struggling. Heaven knows what, say, netball in the UK or... You know these lower echelon, um, high level elite sports, how they're coping, and I think they're going to be the hardest hit. I think fans will always return to Premier League football. Um, I don't know what you think, gents. Yeah, I think um, listening to yeah, pretty much the same. Arsene Wenger talking during the week, um, talking about changing the football league, so as we bring it down to ninety teams, um. I'm not convinced that we'll see that, but I think it's probably time that we'll we'll see the introduction of B teams, um, or league teams, League One, League Two, um, working very very closely with Premier League clubs. Um, mm-hmm. so taking some part, I know the whole Premier League, um, the Premier League ideas were scrapped during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, Project big, yeah. I, th- I feel yeah. that we'll still see elements of that implemented. Um, I know one one of the one of the um, kind of rules they were going for was to have four players at one club be able to be loaned to another club. So say, for example, or for argument's sake, uh, Liverpool and Bolton. Liverpool might give four players to Bolton. They're quite close in, in terms of geography and stuff like that. And um, I think that we'll, we'll see a lot more of that, if not the introduction of B teams um, and, and clubs working closer together. Because the, look, let's face it, the League One and the League Two teams are going to struggle um, financially. Like Even when we do get a vaccine, if and when, hopefully we do, and we, and we go again, not everyone's going to have that vaccine in 24 hours. So the first mm. 10, 12, 20, the whole season possibly, there's still going to be people not going to games because they won't have had the vaccine, but there'll be people going to games because they do have the vaccine. So there's still going to be a balance How do you there. police that? Exactly. And, and yeah, how do you police that? And, and but the lower league clubs are still going to struggle. Um, so I think, look, it's probably time that we do because of the, the, the sheer amount of players at Premier League clubs, um, you know, you've seen it with Chelsea, it seems to be there, the, the kind of, that, that's the way they run the club, the business plan, I don't know, 60 odd players they had. I'm not, I think over the last last season, it's probably the way forward and, and introducing those teams to the league. We've lost Bury. Um, I th- I'm probably, we're probably going to lose a few more this year if we don't see clubs working closer together and, and, and help from the Premier League. Um, I know that's a lot of focus in the Premier League. One one area I think will struggle big time and has began to struggle is women's sports, um, mm. in particular professional or semi-professional women's sports. If you look at the FWSL in England, um, they've had a massive influx of players from America because the season's been short. So, you, um, French players, European from various different European countries. I think that's one area that's going to struggle as well because 
they had just started to get that train that of motion, you know, and, and get going and getting, yeah, and bigger, bigger yeah, grounds yeah. started to play. And I know Liverpool playing in, Tr- in Tranmere's ground, um, and and they'd started to get fans bums on seats. Um, so look, I think that's one area that's really gonna because you know if you've got you know 15 20 25 quid that you're going to spend on a ticket and you're living in the uk you're probably going to go to the your male counterparts first and that's no disrespect to the women but it's just a bigger draw and you've only got excellent money to spend on a ticket that week you know so um yeah i think you're right i think in, in what you're saying and that it's the the middle echelons it's the league ones league twos that are going to struggle um outside of that your amateur sports are going to be fine I think your ga is going to be fine um Look, League of Ireland is, is a different kind of market. Um, you got fans that are diehard. Mm, um, mm. Not a whole lot. You're, you're going to lose your rainy day fans or your sunny day fans, whatever you want to look at it. Um, so you might see a little bit of a dip in attendances, but ultimately it'll be okay. It, it's the League Ones and the League Twos. Maybe possibly the first division in Ireland. Um, but again, it's similar to, to GAA in that they have, if you're a Longford Town fan, you're going to go to Longford Town every week. You don't decide suddenly to go to a Bowes game. Mm. You know, you just don't do that. So, um, yeah, look, I, I think you're on the money there. It's the semi-professional kind of area. And then I just fear for the women's sport as well. Doc? Yeah, yeah, pretty much echoing what you're, you're saying there as well. Like, it's just, um, it's just, it's just very sad to see and very hard to take, like, as a, as a the sports fan because it is happening to, to each and every sport but like you said the likes of grassroots obviously it's it's pretty much based around the community that'll survive your big elite higher echelon ones it's it's basically the, the middle ground people or your your kind of semi-pro who are going to suffer most and of course winning sports as well it's it's not good to see as well but then you know you, you kind of need that in a sense so i know going to need apart from those governing bodies you are going to need government intervention and funding as well if you are to survive i know a lot of people are for that some people are against it but you know if they see how much it's suffering and how much is actually needed then surely they'll come to some kind of uh in agreement with a rescue package or what yeah Sass, i think i think actually it could go a little bit like the nba and that they've got um nba g league um, that will yeah. be affiliated to, to the, I think, you know, the big teams. While I appreciate where the doctor come from with, with, a, with a government um, handout, the only thing I would cancel is probably quite a dark point is there are so many facets of society crying out for government intervention. They can they can only give out so yeah, much. They yeah, can true. and they're gonna likely pick the ones that are more sustainable. So if I give say a bailout to the GAA, well. I know that the GA will survive afterwards. You don't want to give out money to something that in 18 months' time, regardless of what the landscape is, could be put anyway. It's probably going to pack it in anyway. We're struggling yeah, in yeah, boom true. times anyway. Um, and then I suppose the final point uh, for me, mm. I always have to get the last word in. Um, <laughs> he, 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 just in the question he touched on, is it going to be a good thing or a bad thing? I think it had the potential to be a good thing, but I think it's going to be a bad thing. I think... It could have forced forced your kind of um, real intelligent thinkers to say, "Hold on a minute, our revenue streams are too heavily based on fans. We're overcharging ticket prices." You see the introduction of the Premier League pay per view. We need to address our revenue streams and not be targeting the working man. We need to like fair enough have a revenue stream from fans in terms of whether that's subscription services for 
your fan channel, whether it's subscription services to your likes of Sky, your likes of BT, your ticket entry prices. But it needs to be less. And you need to look at maybe more corporate funding. I don't know what the necessarily the answer is, but there is a lot more intelligent people than myself who potentially could have had a look over lockdown. You three months sitting on a Zoom screen in your jocks and your shirt. Um, we could have seriously said, look, we need to change this here because we could die or <laughs> let's let's make a change. You don't know how long this is going to go on for. And that's kind of, I think it could have been a good thing, but I don't think it will be in the long run. You have, you have to question the thought process behind the whole £14, £15 thing for, for UK fans to watch uh, Premier League games. Like We've been okay in Ireland in that pre- Premier, Premier Sports and stuff. Yeah, yeah but like I don't know, are, are they picking out, you know, John from Gillingham who gets the train up to London to watch Chelsea every Saturday with his pint of stale and his packet of knickknacks? Because ultimately, that 15, 20 quid that he spent on his pint of stale and packet of knickknacks and his train in, he, they, do they think that that's his money that to spend on, on you know, Pay-per-view. 15 quid on on watching, I don't know, what was one of the games? Uh, Chelsea's at Hampton, Man United, like, Newcastle. I think the Villa Leicester game. Is that what they're thinking? Because I think they need to reevaluate and go, well, John from Gillingham now has no income. Villa Leicester game is on now. That's also pay-per-view. Yeah, you know, I don't it's questionable. It's very questionable. I don't know, some clubs are giving refund back on season tickets for games if they're on that kind of that platform. It's not enough. I know you can support your club all you want, but to buy a season ticket this season is madness. Mm. I know your club's going to suffer. There is clubs, and I hate going back to the UK, but there is clubs in the UK that are going to suffer. Um, but if they're suffering, they probably deserve to be suffering, in one sense, because how have they been? How have they had no rainy day fund? Like, why mm. were they running on such a, a tight, you know, margin that they're now suffering? Mm. I think that that has to be also questioned as well. You know, mm. very apt. Um, anyway, I suppose. Yeah. That's the final question for the competition. A great way to end. Um, now to the live draw. Um, names oh. are in a names are in a hat. Um, just to throw it out there. Deloitte are here for Deloitte the hat. Here, they? Just the hat, hat in particular is the 2018 Philadelphia Eagles off field knit. Um, the 2020 versions of all NFL franchises have just dropped in our affiliate partners, USA Sports. So click the link in the bio and see if you can pick up one for yourself. How's that for a promo? That was brilliant. That was brilliant. Do it again? No, Do it again and we'll just get it right. Brilliant. Couldn't remember brilliant. what I said. Couldn't remember what I said. Okay. And the name out of the hat. Obviously, the budget doesn't stretch long enough for a drum roll. The name out of the hat is Kevin Ross. <laughs> so, Kevin, when Kevin. you hear this podcast, make sure to contact us on Instagram. And yeah, drop us a message, Kevin. and we'll we'll get you a gift voucher out to you, um, as quick as I'm we sure can. We we definitely want a picture of Kevin get wearing. Um, hey, we want your stash, Kevin. Purchase. Yeah, we absolutely need a, a picture of Kevin wearing said purchase from USA merch. Um, USA because... Sports. That call it UK. No, yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> call it UK. You know where it is. Um, because otherwise, no, don't get paid. Don't get. Yeah. So, uh, moving on. Quick one, obviously, in his absence, um, a resident fight specialist. Um, quite a big fight last night, Lomachenko versus Lopez. Lopez victorious, bit of a shock result. Um, while he couldn't be with us, 
Beric has decided to leave us a little voice message from beyond the grave. So I'll just play that quickly. Hello, all. Um, you may recognise these soothing tones of a one Mr. Beric P. Dundarian. Uh, on brief hiatus from the podcast, but uh, we'll be returning soon. Next week, as a matter of fact. But uh, just trying to check in this week. Um, obviously, some tremendous stuff going on in the world of sports, as, as the, the squad will surely let you know. My ones for this week, Lomachenko defeated last night. Tough to take, as a, as a massive Lomachenko fan, but by God, mark my words. When the rematch comes, Loma will stop him in seven rounds. Just saying it now. Just, just trying it out there now. And also, anyone who ever brings up the West Ham Tottenham match on the 18th of Whoa. October 2020, um, you have my full permission to spit in their face because they're not someone that you should keep company with. Okay, let's not dwell on that too much. Um, and I'll be talking <laughs> to you all again next week. Thank you, Matt. Much love. That message obviously recorded at half time. Um, <laughs> that was obviously recorded at half time. Yes. Um, he is unavailable for comment as well. <laughs> Probably running up and down the streets of Glasnevin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, the tail end of that message does tie us in nicely to what we're going to cover next. I think another exceptional week um, for all but myself. Premier League. Well, gents, where do we start? Where do we go? What do we say? Um, let's start with the Merseyside yeah, derby. What, what can you say? It was just another. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, uh, coach. This is your oh, break it down for us. Okay, you, you go ahead. You you start. I, I'm tired. I'm tired of our, I'm tired of. Ooh, go ahead. <laughs> Reports obviously Van Dyke out for the rest of the season. So <laughs> it was. It was basically uh, four goals in total. It ended it ended two two. There was a sending off, uh, but there was loads of controversy. Um, I think as we've known uh, now in the last couple of hours, um, I suppose from yesterday's match, Pickford with a horror tackle on Van Dijk. Van Dijk is going to have to have surgery, so he could be looking at a lengthy stay on the sidelines. Um, after that, very unfortunate for himself and for Liverpool supporters. But um, yes, I'm pretty sure anyone who has seen that, who was either watching the match or have seen highlights or have even seen like stills of the offside, can tell. And I'm not a Liverpool supporter, by the way. That was not offside. I completely disagree. This again with VAR. The blade of grass on his elbow was clearly so offside. It's always been the case. Blade <laughs> <laughs> of grass. Oh, come on. No, but basically Jordan Henderson had a goal uh, offside in like the 92nd minute, was it 92nd or 93rd minute? Mm-hmm. And it was a judge to be to the offside. So yeah, plenty of uh, entertaining as it was, plenty of controversy. I'm confused. Coach? I'm confused. I, I don't know why there's no retrospective ac- action after the fact when Pickford does that. And I know... You know, like if, if I go and if, if the ref blows a whistle for a free kick and I go and punch someone, I'm going to get sent off. So, is it because Pickford has tried to play the ball allegedly? I'm I'm very confused with the offside. Something VAR. Look, it's not. 
it's not VAR's fault. It's the people that are using VAR, I think. And we mm. also need, it's and it's the rules that go with VAR. So they need to come up with something, whether that is the the crest of your chest or like, like in athletics where it isn't it the center of your chest has got to pass the line first. And um, like, do you make it your chin? There has to be something. Because very, 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 very easy solution. Scrap the fucking lines. Like, okay, it has so to be clear and obvious. If you has to be clear and obvious. Has so, to be clear and obvious. Do you remember before the lines, the attacker was given benefit of the doubt? It was the benefit Absolutely. of the kind of rule. But Absolutely. even if, if you want to keep VAR, but you use the, the player's chin maybe, or maybe you get too many, I don't know, you've got one player like Wayne Rooney who's fatter than another and his chin's bigger than the, and maybe he's causing an argument there. But like if if, 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 if if an attacker is facing his own goal, which Mane was, surely he's got benefit of out because the Everton players, players are facing the right way. If he was even offside, because it, it was so close. And, and they've they've also compared an armpit when Van Dijk was offside versus I think was it the was it me who I can't remember whose hand it was but they've compared a hand and in the first instance with Van Dijk they've compared an armpit. Two points. Yeah. Okay. One, I think to be fair, if you offered told Liverpool fans they'd nick a point away to the league leaders at the start of the day, they would have bitten your hand off. <laughs> No, what my, what my point is is that I actually and you might shoot me for this. It should be similar to rugby. It depends on the question asked by the referee. I think the referee should initiate it, and it should be depend on his decision. It was a goal. We need clear and evident proof that it cannot be a goal. Okay. Those lines, those little fractions offside. That's not clear and obvious. And then additionally, what I would also suggest is maybe scrap it for offside. Like, similar in rugby, you can't use a video ref to rule on a forward pass. So, your linesmen have to call offside. And if they get it wrong, they get it wrong. VAR is foul play. Handballs, um, foul play. That's that's all I'd have VAR for. What about right. um, possible, you know, three-strike uh, three strike rule from the managers asking the fourth official? Like, because if you, if you think about it and you, and you go back to that play yesterday, is Ancelotti going to ask? Like, if you watch the replay back, not one Everton player put up his hand <clears> to claim offside. Captain's challenge. So, yeah, captain's challenge. He gets three of them, he gets one of them. I don't know, whatever. But one and a half. I don't know. Like, it's obviously gone. I think it was David Coote in the box yesterday for VAR and down in London. And he's gone into the ear of the ref. You might want to have a look at this. But I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm unsure of why. Like, what stood out? Because no Everton player raised their hand. So there was no question. Like, where did that come from? I think Everton will resign to the factor after losing the game. Absolutely. I would suggest, uh, again, if we need the what a rugby bollocks I am. They introduced the thing this year, it's called a captain's challenge. Each side has won. Once you use it, if you're wrong, you lose it. If you're right, you get you, you retain it. You keep it, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, what I do. Look. And I'd scrap lines, like get rid of the fucking lines. People don't care if you make, like if you're off by a millimetre. But they do care about it was four minutes of review and it's decided mm. by a bit of fucking geometry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on from can geometry, we move, can yeah. we move yeah. away from Merseyside because it's giving me a headache. <laughs> um Yeah, so basically another um <laughs> Chelsea again, uh nice to see some of their new signings do well. Um Werner and Havertz were on the score sheet, but they blew a three goal lead and drew three all with uh, with Southampton. Uh, good to see old Danny Ings on the score sheet again there. Yeah, where are we? 
Ingsy's having a great season. Mm. Yeah, great sorry, season. two. Two. Yeah. That was two, yeah. It was two, uh, two nil. Two, two, three, two. And then Vestergaard scored in the 92nd minute. Jesus, six goals. The goals don't fucking stop this season. Sure they don't. No, I think that the record's going to be smashed around Christmas. They're flying, flying in all over the place. I'm, I'm sticking with United. Yeah, there's loads of... Uh, 100%. You're sticking with United not to finish up then? 100%. United were not better than Newcastle yesterday, up until the last 10 minutes. 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, I, when I when I seen that it was 1-0 after two minutes, I was like, fuck me, this is going to be like... Luke Shaw This, this is not going to be United's day again. And then... Uh, yeah, they got the equaliser and I was like, right, I'll settle for a... Um, I'll settle for a 1-1. But then, uh, just those last uh, ten minutes, then they just start knocking them in. Mambasaki right, getting right, his first goal. Harry Maguire getting the equaliser. That leave his confidence. The world will go after the couple of weeks that he's after having. I think it's um, on Harry Maguire to take a take a break. Fernandez having the penal. His first, uh, his first missed penal uh, since joining United, and I think it's his first missed penal out of the last twenty or twenty five that he's taken. In his career as well, and then uh, Rashford then in the ninety-six minutes. So good show, and that'll do them uh, the world of confidence, especially Harry Maguire with getting goal. But I think the team in general, because if I'm not mistaken, they're playing Chelsea. I think it's their name. Oh, PSG on Tuesday night. I was Champions League football. Yes. Yes, I was going to say just this coming. Week. You're, you're talking Tune about confidence in. there, Doctor. You're talking so, about yeah, confidence. In terms of Premier League. <laughs> yeah. You're you're talking about confidence. They've got Paris or PSG. They've got Chelsea, yeah, yeah PSG, and then they've got yeah, Leipzig, yeah. then they've got Arsenal, and then they're away Chelsea, in Turkey. Yeah. So they've Paris. got five games that Paris. Think, what, what is this P, uh, pro evolution soccer? This is, yeah, is it Manchester, what? Manchester Red and Paris. Manchester Red soccer, versus yeah. Paris. Blue. The PSV. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Ollie, Ollie's tenure could really get questioned over the next five games. It could do, yeah, but I mean, they said that last season as well. Um, the last season when they had Spores, Man City, and someone else, they were like, no, he's gone after this. And then they go and they beat Spores and they beat Man City. I think, I think yeah, his biggest problem is that he, it's, it's, it's not him signing the players. Um, and then, like, the, you'd have to question the team he put out yesterday. In a four-one exactly. victory, let's just let's just yeah. But if you look at the players, the players that came on, so like Van den Beek came on, Pogba came on. Pogba needs to go. Pogba, oh no, I don't blame with the nineteen. But like, hmm, does need to go. Yeah, the, the, the team he started with, you have to like how what what man in his right mind plays Daniel James? Given he had an okay game, but if okay isn't good enough. Consistency isn't good enough from Daniel yeah. James. And I'm a Liverpool fan. Like, I would be oh. I don't understand it. He was and supposed that's, and to, that's uh, where he's going to question. That's he was where all he's going to question. Yeah, he was supposed to go out on loan as well, wasn't he, at the start of the season, Daniel James? Out on loan to Leeds, I believe. Um, we're, the, we're the big one. Something might get a spot but, there. Uh, yeah, if you're paying, if you're paying forty million quid for a Dutch sensation, you got to play him. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Um, um, Man- Manchester City, just to touch on uh, Aguero and Sean uh, Walton. Yeah, Sean Massey. Shan, yeah. The, yeah. Get off. Get off. Yeah, it's... Uh, 
quite a quite a bit of, a lot of people giving out about it saying you know no you can't do that you can't do that would it be if it was is, does it come down to male and female is this a sexism thing or do you know what i would say i would say there's there's a little bit of both i'd say like there, there's people going i'd be like you can't, simply cannot do that and i think had that been a male lions person shall we call them there probably wouldn't have been as big a fuss but i think because because it's a female um fa personnel I think it's probably getting more traction than it should be. But however, having said that, yeah, you can't be, because you, you can see, like, you, you can see it clearly in the replay. Like, it's a bit fucking rough, to be quite honest. There's a little bit of a talk there, yeah. Um, just after watching yeah. the, the Spurs game, um, she I think brushed Spurs it off have... professionally, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the, on the Spurs game, I think I think Spurs are going to have big problems with Bale. Bale's come onto the pitch, um, he's... I think one of the players is dribbling towards him. The ball yeah. kind of gets away from him and, and Bale's maybe 10 yards away. Bale puts out his hand to say, you know, stop running and goes and takes the ball off him. He takes the ball off him, he dribbles, you know, three, four yards and then passes and gives the ball away. And I think there's going to be serious problems going forward. Similar to um, Ronaldo in the, the latter days of Real Madrid where um, players are just going to start giving Bale the ball when it's not entirely necessary there's going to be a power struggle there I'm not saying that Bale's demanding it but I just think that the players around him possibly think that this is the way you know give the ball to God yeah. give the ball like he's a messy like figure at Spurs and I have to say by no means is that true because he looked extremely unfit tonight um, I kind of questioned as to why he hadn't played for Spurs yet because um, he had been in a Welsh squad previous to the last international break he was left out with the last squad, um, and then he looks way off the mark. He's been playing golf for eight years. <laughs> Seven years. You'd have you'd have to question why they've gone from. It, it's I know it's romance. I get that. Absolutely, that's that's have, the only reason. Be better romance. Is it, is it uh, jersey sales? Like, could be. Um, not gonna fans through the gates. Have, yeah. How else do you tap up fan money? You tap it up with jersey sales. That's that's my understanding. Of it. Yeah. Just one is jersey after tonight. If I could just go back um, to the Man City Arsenal game, um, as an Arsenal fan, I suppose we're in an interesting stage with Arteta. Uh, obviously, we lost one nil and we didn't look like scoring. But if you look back over past results, it's a can off, uh, it's a plethora of three nil and three one defeats um, to City. What is slightly frustrating watching Arteta is he has a system and under no circumstances will his system break down so when Arsenal were, were chasing they never actually looked like they were chasing because he his complete confidence in the system I hope it works out for him because we are playing better um, but it's interesting with the players he signed like he he seems to love Eddie Nketiah and I don't see it I'd much rather bring on a Reese Nelson who seems to add a bit more around the park but I don't think say a Reese Nelson fits in his system and even if you look at the signings, Thomas Partey, while a million times better, is going to do the same role for Arsenal as Xhaka does. But he's just going to do it at a higher level. So it, it's almost as if the players in Arsenal now are going to need to fit around Arteta's system, as opposed to the system fitting around the players. Not sure if it's a great approach, but it could work. Um, that's I just wanted to add me Topin's work because yeah, Arsenal, I hadn't spoken uh, 10 minutes and... Arsenal, have, <laughs> they have 
a nice couple of fixtures coming up in that they're in Vienna in mm. Europe and then Mold. they've got Leicester City at home so you would as a, as a, so if you're an Arsenal fan you'd be hoping for a win there it's got a tricky game but you'd be hoping for a win and mm. then they are playing Dundalk so um, where? in Windsor? who knows? No. <laughs> well that one's going to be in the Emirates but yeah who knows where the where play where the return fixture will be yeah and then then there's a tricky maybe just, tri- maybe just kill two birds one stone let the dog play in London <laughs> yeah and then you got that tricky trip to Molde yeah, but I think you know if you're an Arsenal, what are you... you cannot be looking at that and, and thinking and cacking yourself. You've got to go in. That has to be twelve points. Two European games in the league game, oh, yeah. and you have yeah. to be. You're not getting twelve points there. And are Teddy starting to slip into the managers that you would expect possibly to? Ooh, Christmas time. I know they're a rebuilding project. I know. Do you think he's going to get the boot? No, no, but he's he, he's. Okay, you, you've probably got Ole down there. You've definitely got Deutsch down there. Um, Guardiola, you're probably looking, thinking, does he want to be here rather than... I'd say February, he'll, he'll announce he's going to someone in, in the, like the thing he always does where he announces it like six months yeah. beforehand. Because I, I, I don't think they'll be anywhere near the Premiership this year. I just don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't, they, don't, they don't blow me away like they have done in previous years. Manchester Blue. Manchester Blue, they don't blow me away. Uh, Previous the, years, exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, now, I the only thing that. is, <laughs> without Van Dyke, yeah, are Liverpool going to be as dumb? It could be a real shit fight Just, this year. This, I think. <laughs> Which unfortunately, this season there's no fans, and it, mm. it's going to be a real opportunistic season. I think you've got Everton. Um, I would have said before today. I probably would have said Tottenham as well, sniffing. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> Villa bizarrely could be this year's. Yeah. They're gonna fight for Europe, but look the way we'll see how to get on tonight. But ah, look, yeah, and look at these very early days. What are we, match week five? Yeah, but you know, yeah. like it's definitely an opportunistic year. Liverpool losing, five, yeah. losing Van Dyke, Allison. I, I see things on Twitter report that Allison could be out for longer than first stated. And um, it's and Everton look on form, don't mm. I know it's nice to see that. The shite half of the city doing well, but you don't want to see them do too well. And I think you know, it's good to see them putting it up against other teams. Like if you if you were to put Everton against Man United now, you, you, Everton are the favourites there. Absolutely, James Rodriguez, Rodriguez yeah. is phenomenal. I don't like, yeah, I even that. agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. Like I understand, obviously, there's a relationship there with Calo Ancelotti. He was obviously signed him at what Bayern? Do you sign him to Monaco? Um, Madrid. Madrid, he signed him, at a f- but he did sign him in Monaco, didn't he? Madrid as well. I think so. Yeah. I know we brought him to Madrid yeah, and get, Bayern, but he didn't get much of a run at Monaco. Hamez. Okay, but like, there's obviously an, an affiliation there and a, and a relationship there. So from that point of view, I do. But at the start of the season, um, to think that Rodriguez would be playing for Everton, he'd be like here. I know it's 2020 and there's a lot of bizarre shit going on, but if they are know. still in the position by, then, by January, they have seriously got to look at a keeper because. If they can get a good goalkeeper in there, wow! Well, yeah, I'll be English national keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Look, anyway, but I feel sorry for Henderson at United because he could be in the yeah. English squad ahead of him. Absolutely, if, if he was getting games. From Absolutely. Um, I know. Apologies, we, I digressed. Yeah. The the, mon- the Monday fixtures will already have been played by the time this podcast goes out, but it's an absolute feast of football. 
for football fans. You've got two games in a Monday, you've a game on the Friday in the Premier League, and you've also got European football splattered in there in the middle. I mean, what more do you want after the, the last two weeks of watching Ireland not score? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless it segues nicely into just a little, a little push for the women. Um, just a little push for the women Friday night. I know we got Premier League, but Friday night, big, massive game for the Republic of Ireland uh, women's team to take on Ukraine. Um, and they need a draw there to qualify for a playoff at the very least. So, um, yeah, support the girls in green. Koi big. Um, Koi gig, evidently. Um, but, yeah, massive night for them. And um, best luck to Vera Powell yeah, and, and the ladies. And look, anyone, anyone on this podcast would attest that you always support any individual in a green jersey, whether that be man, woman, child. Um, so, yeah, obviously we're, we're in behind the girls in green. Um, also, I suppose the FAA announced this week a big announcement. Yes, oh, yeah. new Jonathan uh, Hill. CEO. New Hill. CEO. Don't know an awful lot about him. I think he's come from the English FA. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, he's had a few. Uh, he's had a great background in kind of. That's why you'd call it marketing. A large part of marketing. Um, Euro '96, I believe, um, and Wembley's. Kind of, yeah, the whole the whole Wembley setup. Um, a large part would have been to do with tickets as well and the rebranding. Um, look, seems like a great fit for what the FA need at this current time. He's announced kind of on LinkedIn and Twitter that he's looking forward to the role and that sort of stuff. Look, it's the right background. It's the right way to go for the FAI. Um, I hope he puts a little bit of emphasis on the league. I think it's a great time to put some emphasis on the League of Ireland when we do get over this pandemic and trying to... You know, people into grounds. You're not going to look. It's we we spoke about it last week. I think we're I think we're in the middle of a project, and um, look, we need to look at the World Cup and how we're going to qualify there. Um, I don't think it's going to be a top spot of any group or anything like that. But we'll build up. We have hopefully, please God, we'll have the women going to a Euros and maybe hopefully the twenty ones as well. So look, it's it's two kind of glimmers. of hope and life that's a good fit good good stuff um, well said and I suppose just to go, round off go on I, I hope you're going to round off with, with something that I'm thinking in my head but we'll, it, maybe no we'll, do you know what we'll leave it till around the globe because this man is a globe trotter so you continue Sass well I was just going to say SPL Old Firm Derby number one for the year 2-0 to Rangers not what an awful lot of Irish fans would like to hear I know there was some that would like to hear that. And then, we touched on him last week. The Chuck Norris of football. Zlatan Ibrahimovic scoring both goals in a 2-0 win for AC Milan in the Milan derby over the weekend as well. Yes. So. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Well, what is he? 39 now, isn't he? And still going at the top level. Yeah. That's a... Uh, yeah. Ages, That's incredible. He finals. was out, didn't he? Test positive for <coughs> COVID at yeah, like, we touched the on start last of week, yeah. the month, was um, it? And yeah, then came back to training that last year. Yeah, yeah COVID yeah. test positive for yeah, his fair play to him. Um, on a, a, another, another point from around the world, uh, both Real Madrid and Barca got today. Um, Real Madrid's beaten 
at home by Cadiz, I think is how you pronounce it. They're newly promoted, and Barcelona beaten by Getaf. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Getafe. My Spanish is not the best. Getafe. Uh, Sevilla also beaten, and then Atletico Madrid had a good away win against Celta Vigo. Perfect. Well, you segue uh, on into the today's globe. other results. It's it's draws. Draws, draws all round so far. Uh, Sheffield United following got their first points or point on the board. Palace Brighton one one. As we say, not long ago, Spurs who were three 0 up at half time. Uh, drew three all West Ham with a cracker of a what twenty five thirty yard strike. From Great to see. And then it's half time. Leicester Villa <clears throat> currently okay zero um, zero. So around the globe, a lot. Currently. A lot to touch on. Obviously, it's touched on earlier. Lakers are now NBA champions. Um, Exeter Chiefs won the Challenge Cup. Yes, or the Champions Cup yesterday. Sorry. Um, obviously, rugby's equivalent to the Champions League. It's a phenomenal story. Um, so back in 1995, when rugby went professional, they were in the Courage League Division Four. Um, so a real Sunday League Royal Rover stuff. Promoted to the Premiership 10 years ago after spending 11 years in the Championship. And yesterday, um, victorious over the mighty spending power of Racing Metro. Um, 29-28, I think, willing to be corrected on the score. I have it. 31-27. Sorry, forgive me. Bit of a foo-fa uh, at the end. I don't know if any seen it, but Nigel Owens and the clock. The clock management at the end was a bit bizarre, to say the least. Um, so basically what happened is X had a kick. They took too long to make the decision. He stopped the clock. He started the clock again, but the timing team couldn't keep up with him. And basically, he said he'd count five seconds. He wanted to take five seconds off the clock. He said he'd count five seconds while the player was lining up the kick. He took the kick. He slotted it. Rassing ran up to obviously kick uh, to restart the game. At which stage, the touch judge was in his ear saying, no, the, the clock actually should have been dead when the kick went over. So it was kind of two or three minutes where no one knew what was happening. He blew the full-time whistle anyway. Bit of a black eye for, for European rugby. And then, just to also touch on, rugby's obviously equivalent to the Europa League. The Challenge Cup was played Friday night um, with Bristol, managed by Pat Lamb. who's done a serious job in Connacht in recent years. Now he seems to be doing a similar job in Bristol, beating the power of Toulon. So two victories for English club sides over the weekend. Um next week is a huge weekend in Australian sport you've got the AFL final um, Geelong versus Richmond Tigers two Irish representatives uh, playing with Geelong you've got uh, Zach Tui the Leishman and Mark O'Connor um, so we hope that our boys go well down there um, and then the Sunday you've got the NRL grand final so you've only one more week of me babbling on about NRL <laughs> um, my side the Raiders knocked out by the Melbourne Storm looking to give Cameron Smith but well, it's not confirmed. He's looking at sign, uh, retiring at the end of the season. Maybe it hasn't been confirmed. Um, a perfect send-off versus the Penrith Panthers. In addition, stateside, I know we cover, give it a lot of coverage, but the World Series will kick off on Tuesday night. The Tampa Bay Rays knocked the Astros out last night. A lot of baseball fans be happy to see that, given the Houston Astros' history of cheating and the dis- disdain for the, the franchise throughout the league. Um, and they will play the winners of the Dodgers and the Braves playing tonight. Um, so you know by the time this goes out to, to air. I think that's gone to a game seven. Um, willing to be corrected. 
Also, um, I might let the coach jump in on this because he's actually seen the highlights. I haven't. Um, but as we know, the All Blacks and the Wallabies drew last week. And similar to that Michael Jordan meme from the last dance, they took that personally. Um, running out winners 27-7 over the Wallabies. But one thing I just did want to touch on, there's one Six Nations game next weekend. It's Ireland versus Italy. I think not just rugby fans, but the general public may be able to remember back to pre-COVID. This is a key point. Um, should this game go ahead, given the emerging COVID status in Italy at this stage, hadn't really touched our shores. Um, so it's it's... I know, geez, the numbers look look bad now today and over the last few days, but we we starting to get back to a new normal, a new reality with this fixture being played, given when it was originally slated. Um, Tell played. you what, at least the Italians got a good fill of points in Dublin that weekend. Mm. <laughs> absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Paddy's yeah, weekend as well. <laughs> it was a great weekend, wasn't it for them? Um, Really, the Viking splash tours were sold out as well with Italian. <laughs> Look, uh, yeah, great to have rugby back or international rugby. Great to have um, the Irish lads back on the pitch and, and be able to watch. Hopefully, it goes ahead. Like, you know, by the time this goes out, we'll have had an announcement tomorrow night about mm. what's happening in Ireland um, regarding levels. I don't think it will affect elite or sorry, professional sport. I don't think. But um, the All Blacks and Wallabies is going to be interesting. One, Australians need that. Um, they really need to, to win that one to, to level up. But um, the All Blacks look strong. They took Bowden Barrett off the kicks after a few missed kicks last week. Um, and it, it look... Who was kicking for them? I, didn't, I haven't seen the highlights yet. Who was... oh, you really put me on the spot there, Sad. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. Um, while you're researching that for us, ad hoc, um, yeah, obviously, interesting enough, the Springboks have pulled out of that rugby championship. Just due to start after this Bledisloe Cup series, um, obviously the the state of COVID in South Africa, it's it's going to be difficult for them to adhere. As far as I'm aware, Argentina though are still hoping to remain in the rugby championship this year. And else from around the world, uh, Doc. And actually, just on that, just while we're on rugby, it was announced I think yesterday or the day before that they've shortlisted ten rugby players for World Rugby Player of the Decade and uh, Johnny Sexton appears on that list with a Frenchman, a South African man forget their names and seven All Blacks so the best uh, look to Johnny Sexton against those other nine World Rugby Player the All Blacks aren't even that decade. good like they're not even that good like <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, they they're composed of uh, Richie McCaw Bowden Barry Dan Carter and such it's, it's that ilk it's the last decade is it so yeah It'd be strange for any of them to win it because I suppose they would have kind of retired at the start of the decade. So it seems yeah, like yeah. So like, like Richie McCaw's OP would have retired after the 2015 World Cup, was it? Oh, I think earlier. I think the 2011. Um, geez, that's a good point now. Uh, I'll have to double check that. Sorry. Uh, I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was 2015. Dan Carter may have between World Still Cups. Still going. Dan Car- Danny Carter sure is going. Either, but, uh, um, yeah. He's still down, is he? At like, club level, yeah? He's pleased with the Auckland Blues, isn't he? Just by chance. Uh, yeah, third or fourth choice down the list, isn't he? Right, you are, in fact, correct. Um, 
Doctor, I stand corrected. Two thousand fifteen. the doc. Is the retirement year of <laughs> one Richard McCaw, possibly the greatest rugby player of all time. McCaw. I'm willing to be called out on that. UFC yeah. last night. There you go. Mm. Um, Ortega beat happened? the zombie. What? Ortega beat the zombie. Um, I think that would probably means he's entitled to a fight um, against Holloway, possibly. Um, there's nothing lined up yet, as, as I, I don't believe, but I'm sure Eric will update us on that. Um, yeah, interesting week. as well. Israel Adesanya was in the All Blacks dressing room, uh, given his high profile, obviously around the world, but I'd say in New Zealand he's, he's a bit of a hero. Um, with his left booby. Mm. I don't know if um, you've seen that. No, <laughs> he's got like a flappy left hit. It's it's just a man would throw an allegation <laughs> of going to out there and a bit of a PD <laughs> utilization. <laughs> I don't know. Um, very strange. I think that's um, us, gents. Um, Are we at Nelstad? Richie Moga. Best look to Robbie Keane. Best look to Robbie Keane over in LA. LA Galaxy, yeah. Oh, yeah Richie Moga, yeah, is that the kicker? Taking over LA Galaxy, yeah. Moga, that was the kicker. Richie you are Moga. correct, Sass. Um, Robbie Keane off to LA. I believe it's a boyhood dream from the manager LA Galaxy. So, um, <laughs> look, that's the best of luck to him. Um, I think, I, I personally think it is the worst decision um, in MLS history. Um, it'll be a good initial appointment, I think, for two weeks until they find out how much Instagram stories um, will be on with his son kicking the ball into the shed end of the Herbalife Centre or whatever they call their ground these days. Um, yeah, so, look, best, best of luck to him. Um, what can you say? Tala is the, is, is the California of Dublin, I suppose. And, and, and likewise, California is the Tala of LA. So, true, um, very true. Yeah, best, best of luck to Robbie and Robbie Jr. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's always been a dream. Yeah. Love me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so fair play to him. Fair play to him getting that because LA are in a rough spot at the moment. Going from MLS champions numerous times um, with Beckham, Gerard, Keane himself. But uh, I don't think Robbie Keane's going to be bringing an MLS championship anytime soon. Who's who's the form side in the MLS at present? I have never watched it in my life. I don't think. MLS is is it because so obviously in the MLS they've got um divisions similar to they've also got divisions um so yeah they had their their own bubble competition at the start of the year um which seemed to be a resounding success um Toronto will be kind of there thereabouts looking for it um and then you've got your Philadelphia Columbus Crew and Orlando City they tell you you're kind of top four all trying to get vying for the championship this year so um a lot of teams have fallen away Atlanta used to be a big big side or strong side but yeah best luck to Robbie in LA perfect do you want to sign us off there doc absolutely <clears throat> yes uh we have been the three busted bar stills soon to be four thank you very much for tuning in uh we'll speak to you again next week for season two episode seven um, to all those who follow us on Instagram so far thank you very much give us a like give us a follow give us a share don't forget to comment um, and hopefully we'll have another um, prize giveaway in the next couple of weeks as well uh, I've been the doc he's been the coach he's been the sass and we'll have Beric back next week signing off for another week thank you very much be safe 
be seen. And uh, thank you very much. <laughs> All the best. <laughs>